And now, live from the shadow of America's mountain, this is Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. All right, welcome to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio. I'm your host, Heath, and with me, as always, are my amazing co-hosts, Michael and Ethan. <laughs> Ethan, how are you doing today? Good, you? I am doing awesome. Thank you. Michael, how are you doing? Not as good as Ethan, but pretty well. <laughs> well... You're doing half as good as Ethan, then you're... No, wait. I was going to mess that up. Never mind. We'll just skip that. We're doing um, well, Heath. <laughs> we're doing well. We're doing great. All right. So, hey, happy 2023, everyone. I hope everyone had a safe and happy new year. We are excited that this is our first broadcast of 2023. Uh, before we dive into today's show, let's get some housekeeping out of the way like we always do on the show. First and foremost, I cannot help but pause for just a moment and love the underlying music for the show opening thanks to rachel stormant and destiny music for the use of their library um god is doing a new thing and i just cannot help but love this song and what god is doing and what he's planning to do this year for you and yours all right getting into housekeeping check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show there is the contact form page submit feedback comments suggestions to be a guest to suggest a guest whatever i don't know what ethan's doing there but that's awesome um if you need prayer there are two ways for us to partner with you in prayer you can either fill out the prayer request form on the website or you can write us at prayer at rmrr.live and we would love to partner with you in prayer while you're on the website of course be sure to check out all the link tree links to the socials and all the places facebook and all that stuff if you're watching on YouTube or Rumble, please like and subscribe. That helps us out more than you know. Uh, make sure to follow us on Facebook for additional content information. Um, all right, let's get into things. We have another amazing show for you today. The title of today's episode is The Seven Mountain Series, uh, Part 2 Education. But, 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 before we get into show content, I do believe we have advertisements, don't we, Michael? Uh, we try. <laughs> um, so yeah yeah uh first up guys uh shout Definitely out to redemption it. squad <laughs> <laughs> shout out to redemption squad ministry a an amazing uh local chapter of redemption squad uh zach and melissa run this thing they head it up they're making big moves and they're really serving our community but they are big, making big moves in the kingdom and we're looking forward to a, a completely brand new year of uh, helping them in the community, serving the community, <clears throat> and what God has in store for them um, in regards to uh, the, their building, their future building we're still praying for. I haven't really heard too much more uh, about that prospect, but that's okay. We're still praying for them to, to find that match for a building where they could serve the community a lot better uh, and, and provide housing, uh, classrooms, other opportunities that uh, Zach and Melissa are great with the connections. I mean, and 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 Heath, one thing that just comes to mind when we when we talk about Zach and Melissa is how they connect with the strangers on the street, right? And and how they have these resources and and these people's lives are changed like in a moment. Like, oh hey, I'll you know Zach. I just recall our conversation with one individual where Zach is. Oh, hey, I'll come by in a few hours and help you pick up your stuff and we'll get you to uh, a place where you're safe. Right. And and it, they just have these connections and they just do it. And um, and these people's lives are impacted, let alone the outreach as we go on with them. So 
shout out to Redemption Squad Ministries. Um, we love we love helping serve the Lord with them. So yes, we do. Next up on the advert estimates um, is let's see. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Valentine Comfort Shoes. Valentine, Valentine Comfort, Comfort Shoes. shoes. <laughs> Thank you, Sean and Amy, for being one of our sponsors. Because, guys, if you're not getting your shoes at Valentine Comfort Shoes, it's like, wow. It's like the difference between knowing your chiropractor or your dentist and not. You're going to go to the chiropractor or dentist. You might as well go to a shoe store where you're going to be part of the family and you're going to get a great pair of shoes. Um, Heath, what's next? Um, after that, we have, oh, you know, we're still talking about it. Oh, let's see if we can get it on the camera. Maybe sort of. Well, okay. It's not there. I'll throw a picture up when we're done. Uh, the Holy Rebel book by pastors Todd and Kelly Hudnall. This is still something on our hearts heavy to talk about and discuss. Any talking yeah. points today, Michael? Well, I would just say in reading some excerpts from it, this is the loudest um, I don't know how to say it. So a, I really love how they wrote. I love the language. I love the writing in this book. Um, it is intense in, in an encouraging and challenging way. Um, I almost, me personally, when I think of my pastors and then I read this book and listen to the, the, the wording in this book, I go, you guys like, did you guys like save everything for this book? You guys like unload in the writing of this book. So I really love, I really love the book because they step out in boldness. I know that's who they are, right? Uh, but they really swing for the fences in, in this book. Yeah, they do. And, you know, looking at all the reviews on, uh, on the book, like everybody just said how impactful it is, how it's a book for our time right now for, for things going on. Um, it's an invaluable resource and just a, a kind of a wake-up call too. And so the reviews are coming back positive. Um, I know that um, we're just excited to, to be a part of, of the, the church at Radiant with Todd and Kelly and, and just seeing the things that God's doing there and, and the way he's using this book. Um, it's amazing. Uh, and so moving on from that, our last uh, last commercial for this show is Wyoming a new commercial, a new commercial, a new commercial, Wyoming custom guitars. Um, if you are a guitar player or you happen to have one in your life, then Wyoming custom guitars is going to be your one and only place for a hand crafted guitar not only is it handcrafted oh, wow. but it's handcrafted by bill palmer who has been playing music for years and years i won't tell you how long because i don't want to embarrass him on the show but it's been a long time um and he's part of uh road damage music you can find that on apple music as well as two guys with the guitars so he's been playing and writing music um and so he has played guitars for years and so he is building these by hand custom made um i'm going to throw a link down below to go see everything that he's done um the wyoming custom guitars uh, .com domain is coming um and things like that but definitely just if you're looking for a sweet guitar um wyoming custom guitars is going to be your place for that all right having said all that let's dive into the show again this is the seven mountain series we started this last show um, last year seemed like such a long time ago, but we started this show um, with it was, the, it was a long time ago, with uh, the family topic. So there are seven mountains. Um, 
we've 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 tackled family. We're moving into education this week. Um, and basically, the Mountain of Education encompasses all structured education, both public and private. Um, you know, I've got some some quotes here from folks like Plato, who said the direction in which education starts a man will uh, dictate his future life. Um, Nelson Mandela says education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. Um, and, and one other quote here, and I don't have who said it, but whoever educates you has access to your mind and has the power to infiltrate your mind, thoughts, and eventually your actions. So there is something to be said about education, the direction it's heading, what's going on in the world, um, where education is concerned. And actually, I also want to point out, maybe you can expand on this a little bit, Michael, before we toss it over to Ethan. Um, you know, our, our friend, if you've watched the Ministry Moments, um, Lily has been uh, producing some great content through there. And she actually gave some thought on this topic as far as, you know, back in the olden days, education began at home. Um, and, you know, women were taught how to basically run a house and to sew and cook and all the things. Men were out with, young men were out with their dads learning a trade. And so education really began at home. Um it, it back, you know, back in the day. And so I wanted to make sure we gave Lily credit for that. And if there was anything else on that particular point that since you've got the note on that, Michael, that you wanted to throw in, that's great. And if not, we can toss over to Ethan. Yeah. So Lily just put in uh, and guys check her out on, uh, on ministry moments. She's bringing the fire, right? <laughs> the Lord gives her some great thoughts, but so she just wanted to put input here. Education begins at home. Remember, especially in ancient days, the daughters. And I love, I love. She said ancient days because <laughs> this, this is just, this is not 1800s America. It's not just that. Like we're talking thousands of years ago. Right. Uh, goes it dips deep. Education begins at home. Remember, especially in ancient days, the daughters would learn from their, uh, from her mother how to be a wife and care for children. Sons would apprentice their fathers and be trained up in profession, family, and leadership. She wanted to note that there's a multi-tier thing going on there for the, for not just for the son, but for the daughter. Right. Uh, education is really just the practice of imparting knowledge from generation to generation. And, and, and I love this point. Thank you, Lily. Appreciate it. And family is generation bringing forth generation. Uh, so this means that education and family are, in a sense, inseparable. Now, Ethan, uh, you had a fire for kind of tying the bow, if you will, uh, for education and family. And even 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 faith, too. You, you saw a connection into that. But you can touch on that, but please uh, go for it, Ethan, on what you got for us. Okay, so I'm going to read. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to read this first. Um, I'm reading from NASB. Um, and this is Proverbs 22.6. Um, and it reads, Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's a good verse. Yeah. Um, so it's it's taught. This verse is talking about you want to teach a kid, and you want to point him in the direction that is is a good pathway. So 
God makes a pathway for us. Like my pathway is to become a minister. I'm to teach people. So he made a pathway for me. And so people are training me up like Michael and my dad, we're doing discipleships. Um, And so, and when it says, even when he's old, he will not depart from it. So that is when he gets old, he won't depart from the teachings that you are giving to him. Um, And I, I just think that is a really good verse for the education mountain uh, of influence. Uh, And I also have another thing that I would like to read. And um, this is just something that I made up uh, for my notes. So the education system in the USA um, is teaching children of our uh, of our nation left it. Wow. Leftist. Yeah. Thank you. You're left welcome. Left <laughs> uh, ideal ideologies post. Uh, you got post modern principles and ethnistic teachings in most of our schools and universities, including Christian uh, institutions. Put simply, uh, they are being indoctrinated with often false and biased information and you can you can see that in today's schools schooling systems you can see that today um in schools and in places where education is such a big thing you can see that um and so i feel like when when you're putting your kid in a school you want the school to to be good for him, to be good for them, so that they're not being taught false, false, and false information and biased information that goes against what Christians believe, um, and and that's just some something that I believe um, as as a Christian. I see that in day to day school schools um and actually i'm gonna pass it over to michael who has another verse for you guys so michael yeah absolutely so joshua 1 8 do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it one thing that came to mind is ethan when you're talking is like you know if we're taking a child from the family space and let's say they got to go to school or they're going to private school or charter school or they're going to public school. Um, The parent hopefully has considered the complexities of that child, meaning they know their child. Um, Heath, would you say, uh, normal in a normal school environment, what whatever that is, would you say like the school has a certain gear? Yeah, I would. I would child. I would definitely like, say that. Which which just what which is just 
okay, this is what gets me. I came to an understanding too late. I, I wish, for me personally, I wish I would have known my learning style and what it actually was early on. Um, Heath and I definitely were brought up in a cookie cutter uh, education system. And what I learned, especially these days, kids don't learn the same way. But parents would know that first. Right. You know what I mean, Heath? Like, I mean, I my kids are so different. I have a special needs child. And then I have a, they're both beautiful kids, but Macy is definitely not special needs. And she's very talented, like extremely talented. And so they're complete different, uh, difference that, uh, they are so different from each other. They're both beautiful and talented in their own ways, but they're definitely learning different. And, I love that Proverbs verse because it implies that the parent is going to learn the child's needs, right? Uh, bring up the child in the way they should go. Well, how do you know where they should go? Right. Uh, in church, we love to Christianize this and and it is Christianizable. Um, but we'll say something like train up a child in the way you should go. And then we attach that that implication to the prodigal, uh, the prodigal son. And because the dad trained up the child in the way he should go, he, he eventually came back and was no longer a prodigal son. We it's like we conjugate those two uh, verses. You know, we just imply that. Actually, train up a child in the way he should go. It's secular and it's sacred because. As we know, Heath, you still have to choose the Lord or not choose the Lord later on down the line. You know what I mean? Right. So the implication of knowing your child and knowing the learning style and actually training him and or her in the way they should go is actually a big task of learning for the parent. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and the other thing as you were talking, you know, that's that's unfortunate in our school systems is that, you know, we discussed this before the show a little bit, that everybody has a different learning style. You know, some people are definitely visual learners. Others are hands on. Others, they've got to read it. You know, others, they've got to like, you know, there, there's so many different ways you can learn. And unfortunately, given, you know, funding and other things in our schools, we're not able to to teach according to each student's need and their preferred method of learning. And so that does kind of skew the learning curve a little bit because we're not able to effectively address, you know, let's say me who's got to be hands-on versus Michael who's got to hear it. Those are two different things in a classroom. And so, you know, if we're if we're teaching only to a level that Michael understands, I'm going to be a little challenged in learning whatever this is because I'm not right. able to get in and do it myself. And so, you know, that's that's a key component when we're going through and looking at education is the fact that we all learn differently. We all think differently. We all process differently. And so we we've already got some inherent challenges in a large you know, public or even a private setting where there are, you know, multiple different learning styles per class, you know, for one teacher to address in a 45 minute time frame. Yeah. Well, I would, okay. The reason, 
maybe more of a little bit more of a bridge from where I, I was like thinking there is if if it was if education was more fine tunable for the learner say if we cared that much right it's almost like they would learn at that much more of an exponential rate right is if you're jamming a square into a you know a circle hole right um something isn't fitting and yeah you might get pushed through but it hurt at all four corners <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right totally yeah i am um, you know it, it i was also thinking too how you know obviously there are other countries that do it a lot better than we do um just thinking about education and how you know there's so much influence put on educating children and the first one that came to mind of course was japan and and knowing some folks that have studied over there and and the experiences that they have where you're going to school a lot during the day and and that's pretty much all you do is you're getting educated um you know and and even here with you know the schools that have our kids for eight hours a day sometimes a little more um you know education is such a vital piece and, and I think that's why part of the reason why we chose to talk about it second because not only is it closely tied to family but there's such a huge factor in development and education as a cornerstone for your life and teaching you those good habits and teaching you good principles and teaching you values of right and wrong and and all these things um, because again these 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 institutions have our kids for a, a large portion of their day and so it's incumbent upon us as parents to make sure that we're um, really assessing what our schools are teaching our kids and determining whether those values line up with our beliefs, whether those values line up with known truths, or if if there's been some, you know, adjustments to the curriculum to accommodate a more new way of thinking, I guess. Um, yeah. So I mean, it, this is such a an important topic, guys, um, and definitely requires everybody to be involved. This isn't just something for your kids. This is something for you too, because. Um, I think something that we established, maybe briefly talked about, or maybe it was just a thought I had about this topic with the show, was that you're a lifelong learner. You never stop learning until the day you die. Mm. Um, and so, you know, how how you're able to process, how you're able to pick up new things, um, you know, are, are pretty much established um, at a younger age. And so being able to... Um, you know, develop the skills and the tools you need to learn and to to grow through education is is vital at a young age so that as you become an adult and a lifelong learner that you can still have some of those habits and and foundational pieces to build upon uh, to continue learning and growing. Ethan, what do you think about that? Um, I, I agree with you, Dad. Like, we parents do need to be, do need to take re some responsibility to. Hey, could take you do me a favor? Pull your microphone down by your mouth. There you yeah. go. Thank you. Um, so, I I agree with you guys. It is it is an important thing to for parents to take some personal responsibility to take the time and to consider to take the time and the consideration to look into the schools where they're 
thinking of sending their kids to go to go be educated to go get their kids uh, education i i we i feel that parents should take the time and the consideration i i do agree with you that is something that should be done by parents that they should take the time and the consideration and be like oh here's this school and here's this school the school teaches this may not be a good school this teaches some some christian stuff this may be a better school the school doesn't teach stuff that's going to be bad for my kid yeah and and to, to, i'm gonna hey Ethan, i'm gonna go into a little bit further into what you're saying yeah a little bit i'd say a little bit after my time in school there started to be what it seemed like an aggressive um acceleration into more doctrination into more areas it was there when i was uh in school for sure uh, i'm going to say a little bit just a little bit after it really got aggressive and what i mean is is parents are now becoming more aware of um uh pornography being taught in health class um or other other things that kids even at teachable ages don't even need to be taught <laughs> Um, well, it's funny. It's is, funny you brought is, that up. I, I don't mean to interrupt yeah. you, but it's funny you brought that Go up ahead. because I was just thinking as Ethan was talking, you know, if you actually look back um, at the United States and, and what we've taught in schools and you look back, you know, 20, 30 years ago, 40, 50 years ago, you know, at the values and the principles that were being taught in schools and how society functioned as a whole. And you compare that to how things are now. Um, and you look at the impact of education on society and you can definitely see some differences in how, um, or the direction, I guess, our country has taken as far as, you know, principles and values go, because those things are no longer being taught and reinforced at school. So the things you're teaching at home, we would hope that they're then being, you know, taught and reinforced in school. And that's definitely not the case for a lot of families in the United States specifically right now. Yeah. I mean, what we're talking about, the nuts and bolts of, being aware of what your child is learning in school is actually difficult. Right. Uh, and, and it's intentionally difficult and that's not good. That is a problem. And so what we're seeing a lot of these days, Heath and Ethan is parents actually becoming aware of what is going on in classrooms. And then they go into these parent, not parent teacher meetings. What are they called? Heath? Uh, the board meetings, the, right. Yeah. Yeah, they go into these board meetings, right? At the at the time where you can, uh, you know, publicly say something, and they're not happy. <laughs> and it's it's good. <laughs> That's good because here's the thing: we elect these board members for these uh, school districts, and they can be voted out. Now, as we also are aware of Heath. Um, in certain counties and in certain states, that might be a harder process for one reason or another. And right. yes, I am implying um, not always the most legal uh, systems of election. So um, what what I am encouraging parents to do 
in the Rocky Mountain region is to be a loving watchdog, not only for their child, but for their um, community. <clears throat> These kids do spend a lot of time at school, Heath. Yes, um, they do. Yes, they do. But again, you know, as I mentioned, not as not as many hours as say Japan. So, I mean, but right. still, you know, these schools are shaping the the minds of our kids and definitely influencing our future society as a whole because of these things being taught. When we have, um, oh man, how do I even say this? <laughs> when we have um, videos on TikTok depicting uh, certain teachers, certain types of teachers uh, bragging to us openly on TikTok that they're going to get our kids. Um, <laughs> that's a red flag, to say the least. Right. And... It's not even, it's not even like about, um, indoctrination versus, uh, parenting. It's, um, okay. Parents, would, would you want an invasion of, of your privacy in your own house? Would you want the door open? Um, especially if you lived in a rougher neighborhood. Would you want the door open, unlocked, fridge open all the time? Um, with finances, we can only be benevolent so so much, so many times a month. Um, even if you're doing well, that's the case. So how much are you going to give away? And at what point do uh, does convenience of being able to send your kids to school um, kind of change. We have, yeah, our society in this in this nation has gotten uh, unaware and and uh, taken for granted the education system. And and while we did, and while we were busy and needed to go to work and 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 pay the bills and. Uh, raise a family and parent in the time that we are allotted when our kids weren't at school. Um, other people with other intentions with our kids have been intentionally um, speaking harmful and appropriate things to the kids. Now that could be, that could be a pinpoint truth, but that can also be a vague truth. That could also be a, let's, let's say a better way to just because a, a broad truth isn't true to everyone doesn't mean it's not true across the board and across the board, the education system is struggling. Um, that is why this is a mountain right. for people with it, not just Christians, people with consciences and, and, and actually better morals um, to get into the, to the system and, and love on kids Love on kids. What I mean by that is training up a child in the way they should go. Uh, my 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 grandpa was a school psychologist in a local district uh, here in the late seventies. Um, 
Oh gosh, it might have even he might have even started earlier, but he 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 did a full twenty years in one of the school districts around around town. And uh, even then, it was interesting the culture in that district. Um, but he would give sage advice uh, and counsel to to these kids in these uh, encounters he was he was brought into. Um, why do I say that? He took the time as a psychologist, uh, as a District Twenty psychologist. He took the time to consider that child and the way they should go. He was being that, that child at that time, which they're probably, you know, honestly, Heath, they're probably around your age now, these children that, right. that he, he impacted at the time. But um, he took the time to hear them. He took the time to train up that child in the way they should go. Um, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Heath. Do you have any thoughts? But on yeah, that? actually, I do. I, I just want to, you know, to your point, I guess uh, the the thing that's sticking out here is that there needs to be room to be more intentional with our kids, you know, because what your grandpa did was a great thing to actually get to know each child to kind of help point them in a direction that aligned with their abilities and their giftings and their personality and all these things. Because again, we're not just cookie cutter people, you know, what works for Ethan might not work for you, might not work for me, might not work for Lily or Chris or, you know, anybody else that we know, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's not going to be the same for everybody. And so again, we're in our society, a little um, unfortunate, the fact that we can't spend as much time, you know, cultivating those, things, which is why I think Lily's point at the beginning of the show about, you know, education beginning at home really is a key factor for this day and age. The right. things and the principles that we instill and instruct in our kids right now um, mm. are I think more impactful because again, those things taught at home can spill over to where your kids at school and being able to minister to another kid or show empathy to another kid or compassion to another kid or to help them um, with bullying or, you know what, like there's so many things going on in schools, but again, if we're raising a group of kids that actually has a solid set of, biblical principles and, and beliefs, that is going to greatly influence how our education system looks. It's going to greatly influence how this next generation of kids is, is being turned out. And so, you know, being able to look at a child and go, you know, you're really gifted in, in the arts. And so maybe we should cultivate that more and maybe not force you know reading and math and some of these things down your throat that you're that you're probably not going to use if this is your calling in life to be you know the next da vinci or picasso you know how much time are you really spending doing math and you know you know english or science like you're not you're you're focusing here and so being able to I guess, look at a vocation for a kid and kind of help point them down that path so that they can be successful in their future is a huge thing. And I think that we're, we're very disadvantaged right now that we cannot do that um, to the extent that, you know, your grandpa was able to just, you know, a few years back. And I say that just minimizing how old I am, but you know, <laughs> looking, looking at a few years ago, um, you know, that that's great that he was able to do that and have that impact on those lives. 
Well, so another thing is like, um, I, I do think you need a, a balanced know-how of what you're getting into. Right. But, but there's no such thing as like, um, I don't know, even what you call it, like a finance class for, the, for, for uh, kids these days. Well, there wasn't for me either. Like we didn't learn how to like balance a checkbook. You don't do that now. It's all online now. But um, we didn't learn personal finance stuff. We, we might have. There might have been like a small business class, how to start a small business. There was no like um, doing life skills that that just blast you as soon as you're um, uh, out of out of school. Especially if your mom's been doing your laundry, you know, for years. Um, but. And Heath, maybe we're going to have to go into this after the break, but one of the best things my dad did for me growing up when I was going through the school system was he would give me the opposite opinion. Let's say if I went into a biased uh, class like science and I got the biased of the science books, the biased view of the science books, he would intentionally give me the opposite view and educate me in the opposite view and we'd we'd have the most I, I had the most fun time listening to these uh opposite viewed uh sources not only did it educate me but it also balanced out some things you know we were talking a little bit before about the fact that you know michael doesn't recall some of these things being taught when he was in school um i know we had some home ec things where they taught us how to like you know so and and balance a checkbook and you're right start a business you know there was the the section that I can't remember how many weeks it was of, you know, babies and all that kind of stuff, but really, <laughs> but really like there wasn't a whole lot of like life skills. And I think that's another disadvantage that, or, you know, disservice is the word I'm looking for. Disservice we're doing to our children right now is that we're not teaching life skills. Cause I can't tell you how many times in my life I've had to go, <laughs> you know, mix together some elixir in a chemistry lab since I, you know, <laughs> graduate college right i don't i don't what do are you that. doing yeah i'm not i'm not out using the pythagorean theorem i'm not you know now i will use geometry here and there i will use algebra here and there but anything more than the basics there i'm not yeah. using that on the daily unless i am a math major and i'm you know doing bookkeeping or whatever you know but again like you're not really using the pythagorean theorem do you like taking the time to go through the, the scientific method uh, all the time yeah it's it's something i What's use on the daily <laughs> What's funny, Heath, is I don't think scientists go through the scientific method all the way most of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't say in this day and age, probably not so much. Um, but again, we're not. I, so back to my point, like, you know, we're just not really teaching these life skills. Like I would much rather appreciate it. Someone, you know, basic car maintenance and, you know, how to apply for a loan or, you know, how how to do some basic things in life that we should be teaching to help um you know, to not struggle. And I guess that's where the schools are kind of counting that mom and dad are, you know, filling in the gap and teaching those basic life skills. But again, a vast majority of parents are either single parents trying to work two jobs to raise kids or, you know, both parents in the home are working. And so by the time everybody has a moment to get together at dinner, then it's time for everybody to get up, get showered, get ready for bed and start the day over again. So there's not a lot of time in everyone's schedules to be teaching some of these things. And so, um, I guess our our point in addressing this topic is really just 
more of a, how can you be intentional or maybe what are things you can be aware of as a parent or as a grandparent or a step parent or, you know, whatever your role may be as an educator, um, you know, to, to really help um, be missional with intention and purpose and principle and values. Uh, because again, that is something that I think is lacking everywhere. Um, you know, it, and it, you just need to go to Walmart to learn that. Like, I can't tell me how many times the other day I was nearly ran over in the parking lot or had people running into me in the store before Christmas, you know, and I'm running through, you know, saying, excuse me and have a nice day. Merry Christmas. You know, I'm telling military members, thank you for your service. And yet everybody's such in a busy hustle bustle hurry that they're running over people. Like there's no, there's no, manners or consideration being taught for fellow man anymore um anywhere and we've lost that as a society and and we've kind of become a bunch of you know rude buttheads um because we're no longer focusing on core value teaching of you know how to be a decent human being um and how to have respect for other people who might be less fortunate than you or more for you know to just have a general kind care and compassion set for everybody else um and i know that ethan you know in in eighth grade here can tell us that it's true in his school he sees these things all the time right bud can i get that question one more time <laughs> i love it when you're paying attention to the show uh, so um so you're you're seeing um, these things I'm talking about in school that there's not a whole lot of values being taught. There's not a lot of life skills being taught. There's not a lot of things being taught outside of some consistent, uh, dare I say, indoctrination um, taking place in our school systems. Yeah, you're right. Um, in, in schools now, um, in like you're not in math class you're not being taught how to do taxes or you're not learning how to make a check or you're not learning how to balance or whatever that that the math helps in that situation you're being taught algebra and calculus and all these other different types of math things which are great if you're going to go into one of the jobs like a, being in a working in a bank or being like an engineer like, or an engineer or things like that like and in science you're you're being taught this how to do tests and how to do these things in case you want to become a scientist but you're not really getting life experiences like how to how to do this how to do that how to life experiences that would help you with whatever you're being called to do which which i feel it is is something that should be changed in in how schools educate they're the students that go to schools. There should be some life, life teaching, life classes. How to do, how to balance a checkbook, how to apply for a loan, how to do this, how to do that. You're you're being taught about his uh, in eighth grade. You're being taught about hit. We're being taught about history. We're we're learning about the Declaration of Independence right now. We're learning about all these different types of things. 
and and you're learning how to how to check a map you're learning how to do geography and you're learning how to your your globe didn't show up but i for the listening audience that can't see that he did have a globe up so and so you're you're not getting the the life the life things that you need from the classes you're not learning how to balance a checkbook you're not learning how to apply for a loan you're not learning well, what about even like how to how to treat your fellow students? I mean, you're not really seeing a lot of that. I mean, you and I have talked, you know, many times as as we're driving home from school about how your day went and things that happened. And, you know, there's really not a lot of even how to be a decent human being in your school, yeah. you know, how yeah. to have how to have school spirit and be respectful of, you know, of your your opponents, you know, when you go to a competition or something like that. There's not yeah. a lot of that being demonstrated or taught. <clears throat> yeah um yeah so so while yes there there are some lessons that are like do you here's the difference between bullying and harassing here's the difference between this and that blah 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 you're learning how you're learning about things but they're not teaching you how not to do them you're not being taught how to be respectful and you're not being taught how to say please and thank you and you're welcome and and how to hold the door or whatever you're not being taught how to be respectful you're you're just being taught that these things are bad you're not actually being taught how to not do them right and you're- i and i want to i want to make a point in here and i see you've got something to interject too michael really quick though i would just want to note to our educators i know that that you guys are overworked and underpaid that you're being expected to basically teach our kids how to pass a test so that the school can get funding. I understand all of that. I have a lot of friends that are educators, you know, and and so we're not, we're not coming at this show trying to attack educators. We're coming at this show, looking at the system and how it relates to an influence of, you know, basically discipleship or, um, you know, values and beliefs um so i just i just want to make sure that our our teacher friends know that hey we're not coming at you because we respect what you do we value what you do we thank you for what you do and we recognize that there's a lot of you that would like (coughs) to see some things change in your your classrooms and your schools and your districts and so we i just wanted to make sure that we we threw that disclaimer out there for our teacher friends go ahead michael yeah yeah just go to joshua joshua 1-8 again do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Okay. Education at this time uh, was at the same time uh, faith in God and nationalism. <laughs> um, very much so. They had a national identity at this time. Uh, they they had text to study. Uh, they had families that would, the effort was to constantly install um, their education system at home. Um, the, uh, the boys would probably go to something at that time. The girls probably did not. Um, this is more, okay. Okay. I want to I want to I want to go from here into discipleship a little bit more because 
one big thing for families and education these days, and you see it, you see how trade schools are, um, I don't know, like a lot of, a lot of my peers went to trade school, uh, instead of going to college, uh, not because they couldn't go to college. They just didn't want to go and try and get something that was a complete waste of time. They weren't going to get a job. Uh, so they went to a trade school where they knew literally a couple days after school ended, they're getting their job and they have a career where they're making thousands of dollars more than anyone who went to college quicker. Right. (laughs) But anyway, I digress with that. That, that system, a trade school is a discipleship method. It's a mentorship. Yes. Um, here, here is an ancient mentorship. It was family and community, religion and nationalism, all in one ball. Um, what's funny is Heath is the founding fathers of this nation had a very intentional uh, education plan for this nation. Also, it's interesting in you fact, mentioned that. It's interesting you in mentioned fact, this. In fact, Heath, uh, there are stories of primary school age kids memorizing the book of john and that was mandatory are you kidding me (laughs) right what like you don't memorize a passage of shakespeare anymore you used to when i was in middle school you actually in some schools you you tried to memorize a passage of scripture uh uh shakespeare and it wasn't for the play that the school was doing it was it was um the uh I don't know, the English class right. or the literature class. Um, so where I'm continuing, I want to continue to go in that direction. Discipleship is practice and written, um, hands-on, audible. It's, it's actually all of them. That's just on the practical level. Discipleship is actually supernatural. Discipleship, from a Christian uh, worldview, a Christian biblical worldview, discipleship engages the person on all these levels of education we've been discussing. But it also, uh, when being discipled spiritually, engages the God aspect, the Holy Spirit aspect, in which uh, divine downloads are instantaneous. Um, I've had experiences where I had zero practice knowledge or mental knowledge on a topic. And me and my mentor would, he would just start. And now this was a Christian experience, but I experienced miracles throughout. I, I had no idea the topic and the connecting factors of that topic to other topics. Yet I experienced an immediate download where now I have so much of that topic to work with. Trying to think of an exact um, thing from my past, but actually Heath, I believe you have an experience (laughs) from our, our time in discipleship where something was zero and then it went for like, Full, fully loaded uh, 
uh, even spiritual level in, uh, information and education in a moment where you, you before you had zero idea about that. And then we start going in uh, a little bit. And at the end of the conversation, you go away going, I now know a ton of that. I feel like I have the ability to start doing that. Right. Can you, can you touch on that? You know, I was, I was trying to just pick out one experience because I think we've had so many of those moments in our discipleship where, where I was starting at like level zero and within, you know, 20, 30 minutes, sometimes, sometimes even sooner, all of a sudden it's like, bam, you've, you've like, you know, Mario in the video game, you've leveled up. Um, and, and it's, it's been incredible to where, um, you know, even, I think probably the the biggest one that comes to mind is it was when we're talking about the healing ministry and some of the things we've done there, Um, you know, and just through a simple um, passing on of an anointing from, you know, this moment to the word spoken, it's done within 30 seconds, um, being able to turn around and um, fully hear what the Holy Spirit's saying to you about a person and being able to impart some form of healing or some part of uh, some part of message or something that, you know, it, it, it definitely isn't me doing it. It's the Holy Spirit doing it. But, but again, just having that, that next level ability to, to hear and to um, discern what's being asked of you and the direction you're being asked to take or walk or the th- person you're being able to call out um, is such an incredible uh, faith building moment, uh, you know, but again, and I, and I can think but of lots of examples, that's practice knowledge. That's, that's the boldness in the faith to step out and do a practice, uh, physically that you weren't doing before, but Heath, then you look at the, the text the, in this case, the scriptures, right? So you'll look at the scriptures in a completely different way. That's a sign that you did learn something that something right. was literally given to you in that moment. Right. Well, and, and, you know, to that point, you know, I, I could definitely bring up the fact that, you know, I've been reading the Bible for a long time, you know, because we've already established on the show, I'm kind of old. Um, I'll be 51 next month. You actually. are? I are. I are. Um, although I'm a wow. kid at heart. So there's that. Um, I definitely don't feel 51. Um, feel more like I'm 29, 30, but that's a different story. Um, but, you know, so, so I've read some of these things in the Bible multiple times in my life, in my faith walk. And, um, you know, this last uh, summer, towards the end of summer, um, we were going through some stuff in discipleship and and just had this moment where um, I read a verse that I had read a hundred times before. And all of a sudden there were layers um, and webs of interconnectivity to, you know, from the New Testament to the Old Testament to this verse to that verse and just seeing how the Bible is such a living, breathing um, thing. It, it is definitely not a, a you know, your typical work that you find in a library. Like there is so many layers and so many different levels to what can be revealed to you in one of those discipleship moments where, you know, again, having read this verse for a hundred times in my life and all of a sudden I'm reading it now and it's like, I'm using a new pair of glasses. Like there's so many levels and layers and, and undertones and things and interconnectivity. It was like, wow, it was mind blowing actually. Um, and yeah, that was a byproduct of discipleship to where now that as I'm reading through things, I can see where, you know, this this verse in in this book ties to this book, you know, in the Old Testament and vice versa, where, you know, 
this Old Testament chapter is talking about something that Jesus is going to say, you know, a thousand years later, and all of a sudden here it is in this book. And it's like, I never made that connection before. Um, so mm. that, that discipleship byproduct is, is incredible um, to be able to pass on a, a teaching or an experience or even sometimes an anointing through the Holy spirit to deliver a new, <laughs> my music mind comes to mind the new sensation uh like in excess used to say um so but it is it's a it's a whole you know or a lot in a whole new world um but it it definitely there's a there's something um about discipleship that changes the whole game dynamic for you as a believer um and and so in that aspect of education discipleship is huge for our believers. And if you're not familiar with a discipleship relationship or you don't have an opportunity in your life, again, as we talk at the end of the show about getting into a good um, Bible believing, Bible teaching, you know, faith filled church, Holy Spirit led church, you know, that <clears throat> most of those churches, excuse me, have some kind of um, you know, men's class, women's class, discipleship opportunities. And so that's why we encourage you at the end of every show to plug into those because we've seen firsthand experience, uh, both in, in Michael's faith walk and then in Ethan and I's where discipleship is such a key factor for our growth as believers that, um, you know, you could have asked me two years ago, um, before all this started, you know, if, if, if I could even fathom where I'm at today in my faith walk and where I'm at spiritually, I would have said you were full of it because I, I couldn't fathom in my limited human thinking, how God was going to be able to open up such a can of, of wonder and mystery and enlightenment and all these, all these things that, that has come about through um, these revelations and a lot of our discipleship experiences. Hey, Ethan, do you have any experiences like that um, where you weren't doing a thing, you had not been educated on whatever level, but then but then through discipleship, it was given to you, like an education shortcut happened, and then you were able to do it. Anything come to mind? Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I believe it was actually a time where us three were doing the discipleship. Um, and I think we were in Romans when it happened. And I, we were in Romans and we were reading a verse and I, I, I've read, I read the verse before and I, I never, I never got the connection before. I, I can't remember the exact verse, but I do know that it was in Romans. And so I read it and I was like, and so we read it this, the first time through all together. And I was like, huh, I never noticed that before. And it, it, the moment clicked in my head. Um, and that was, uh, that was my experience. Um, that's awesome, dude. So I, a verse came to mind and I'm, I'm glad I found it. Um, so Jesus would, uh, back in Jesus's ministry days, um, his earthly ministry. He would speak in parables to kind of teach and, and preach through parables. Problem was, um, not everyone got it. In <laughs> fact, his even his 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 own disciples 
did not get it. And they say, they say um, this to him. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? And he replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. So they just asked him a question. We don't get it. And now he's telling them, well, but here's the truth. These secrets, this knowledge has been given to you, but not to them. That's interesting. Whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. Heath, what's funny is that's actually a pattern with education. You, you've made a, the true and great point that uh, education is a lifelong thing. It's a lifelong venture You're, right? Uh, to always stay learning. And when you don't always stay learning, what you had leaves. Right. So it's not only like a um, a thing that he's claiming happened. Jesus is claiming happens here. It happens without Jesus saying it happened. It happens in in, in education and learning and how our bodies kind of work. Um, whoever has will be given more, and whoever and he. I'm going to redo that. I butchered that. Whoever has will be given more and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. So he's acknowledging a, a principle. And then he says, that's why I speak to them in, uh, in parables. Also, uh, it created an environment for the Holy Spirit to speak uh, to these people. For instance, if I give Heath and Ethan a, kind of like a random story, they're not sure what the washer machine and the mop have to do with the Christmas tree. <laughs> but let's say a few people in a crowd do. Let's say Heath and Ethan are the few people in the crowd that they see the connection between the mop head or, or the, the broomstick and the Christmas tree. <laughs> Terrible example. Right. But <laughs> the Holy Spirit would be the only way. Like, the, like, it's almost like putting out such a good scientific test where the only way you're going to get it is if you're testing the supernatural force of discipleship being the Holy Spirit. You're, you're, so if they do have ears to hear, well, now you have someone who can really work with, right? Right. If they're understanding a quiz or a parable or a test before they learned about it, what kind of heart do they have? In fact, he talks about the heart issue here. Um, though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not understand. Do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. So, um, 
and before I move on to that scripture, just real quick, there is, and and we see this in our education. So teachers, you see this, you see the the kids or the teens who have a heart or an attitude of a learning spirit versus the kids for whatever reason, whether they're struggling at home or whatever's going on, they are blocked off. They don't care. They actually might still have the natural ability, the God-given ability to learn. They probably are pretty smart if they're doing that. You know, if you're blocked, if you're having a really hard time in life and yet you're still able to like remember what Mrs. Jones said. But there's these people, there's, there's a different attitude. There's a learning attitude and there's a, yeah, whatever attitude. And what's funny is what Jesus is talking about, that cuts through both of those. Um, and he says this later on, but blessed are your eyes because they see. Um, he, I've, I've had amazing teachers in the past and, and they didn't have to be believers Right. amazing teachers there's a god-given ability to teach kids or to teach people um that's a god-given ability um if you ask that amazing teacher how how are they so amazing at teaching one they'd appreciate the compliment and then they would want kind of they could probably tell you their method they could tell you where they went to school they could tell you um lots of things about themselves uh, they could say how they enjoy connecting with the kids. They find it easier to do this or that. But at the end of the day, this is a gift from God. Um, to be a good teacher is a spiritual gift. Being a teacher is a spiritual gift right? Uh, from God. And um, that's why we enjoy all of our good teachers. Um Let's face it also, too, in this profession, especially in our nation, there are people who are not teachers mm. at all. Right. And somehow they're still there. <laughs> right. They, they bypass the personality test, said, I'm still going to be a teacher. Or just, <laughs> right. I, don't, I don't know. But there are some teachers that are just not teachers. They're called a teacher, but they're not. And, 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 those seem to be detrimental to the kids at times in my experience growing up. So agreed. <laughs> Blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth. Many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it and hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So he, the reason why I read that is Jesus, the, the disciples have a question. They go to Jesus. He tells them, okay, I'm actually allowed to tell you and explain these parables to you guys. The secrets of heaven and the kingdom are for you. I'm going to talk to you about them. Um, not necessarily for them, but the Holy Spirit is working with them. They're here. They're going to be asking questions themselves. Um and, and a lot of these people keep following Jesus. So then Jesus tells his disciples who he hand-selected, these 12 he hand-selected. And, um, and, and apparently these interesting tidbits are for them. Discipleship. Jesus 
then tells them what this parable that he was just talking about is, what it means. And then immediately that would shift them, that would change their mind, that would change their belief. Um, one, one big problem with education these days is telling people what to believe. Beliefs are the very backbone of the reason why we make decisions or don't make decisions. Uh, if you believe you can, you will. Right. <clears throat> and good education gives you reasons to choose, uh, uh, t- skills and abilities, practices to help you choose and make choices like reading, right? We need to read. But but telling people what to choose is different, right, Heath? Totally different. Totally different. I mean, that's why one reason why I love the Bible, it actually is freedom. It allows for freedom. It gives freedom. But it doesn't hold back on what the truth of of the conditions you're surrounded by are also in a very loving way. A good teacher would do the same thing in school. Um, they might, they might um, wax eloquently on how hard life can be. But because of this class, you're going to be able to do this better. You're going to look at life in a different way. And if you didn't have this class, um, this aspect of life might be harder for you. That's a good preparation for choices that will eventually come in adult life. Right. All right, Heath. You know, I, uh, there, there's literally so much we could talk about with this, with this topic, you know, and I, and I know I felt like we kind of struggled a little bit at the beginning of the, the show and we've definitely picked it up towards the end here, which we, we seem to have a habit of doing, but, um, you know, I, I guess I, I want to, just give you a few takeaways, you know, as, as we're looking at this topic, you know, uh, again, I, I believe that education starts at home. Um, I, I definitely believe that, that in order to see a change in our world, we have to be the change we want to see. Um, and so again, I think that's why we chose education. So right next to family, because these two are definitely related. Um, you know, there, there is no perfect system um, other than, what's in the Bible, because I think that you can't argue that there is perfection in God's word. Um, there is intention, there is purpose and and so many other things. We could talk about that for, you know, 10 or 12 shows too, just on that topic. But, um, you know, I think the way that you can be missional in your circle of influence is definitely, you know, especially if you have kids or you're a grandparent, you know, um, things like that. Be mindful of the things that you're teaching at home. Be mindful of the things that your kids are being taught at school. And if you disagree with those things, and it is your right as a parent, it is your duty as a parent to stand up and say something, to attend the the board meetings and the other things that, you know, I know our district that Ethan goes to has several opportunities throughout the year to talk about upcoming curriculum for the next year and to give your voice on current things going on, future things that they're thinking about. So get involved 
involved with that, be aware. Um, and then the other thing is if, if you don't feel that you can do any of those things, um, then definitely, um, you know, Ethan's got some some talking points for prayer. So if you feel like I can't do anything, I can't get involved, but I can pray. Um, Ethan's got some prayer points. What do you got, Ethan? Um, so before that, I, I heard you say something about making a change. Um, and, and you saying that reminds me of uh, Michael Jackson's Man in, a, in the Mirror. Um, and, and the lyrics go, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Right. Um, and I'm just reminded of that by you saying it. But um, you're right. I do have some uh, prayer points. So the first prayer point I'm going to go over is, um, if you do want to go over these, the first one is pray that parents will take personal responsibility for their children's education by ensuring the content being taught is in harmony with the with the Bible with a Bibleistic worldview and includes relevation. Yeah. Um, the second one is pray pray that the enemy's schemes will be confronted, exposed, and defeated as he seeks to to steal and destroy this generation of young people from fulfilling their God-given callings and destinies through addictions, drugs, and abortion. The third prayer point is pray that, that schools become a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome and miracles can occur. And the fourth and final talking uh, prayer point is pray that the mountain of education once again becomes a place where the laws of God are written on the hearts and in the minds of our children. You know, that, that last prayer point really ties into something you said earlier, Michael, and something that, that Eric Metaxas said when he was here at Radiant uh, teaching about some prior history of the United States and, and the fact that there there was scripture being taught and memorized in our elementary schools. And so, you know, I'm... Uh, we could we could make all kinds of discussion arguments for you know bringing biblical values back into school and and we could definitely have some back and forth discussion on all of that but again i feel that there's been a certain shift in our society because we're not teaching values and principles anymore yeah and and heath i i, I believe there's a couple individuals and and the holy spirit has kind of uh, prompted their heart in Made them wonder, you know, how would life be if if my education, God's plan for my education, uh, went differently for me? Uh, and and they wonder about um, leadership in their life, um, being mentored by someone who would who would care for them. Maybe maybe that wasn't necessarily their environment at home. And and they wonder what how life would have been would have been different. And, and the Lord, the Lord is touching you and he is going to be bringing in to your, your guys's life, um, a healthy, um, a healthy environment, a good relationship of, of a mentor in your life. Um, 
and and to be praying and watching for that. Um, if you're if you're watching and you're praying, you're aware. You won't miss it. Um, there there's a discipleship move uh, going on in in the world. The church hasn't done biblical discipleship for a long time. Um, what I mean by that, um, the intentionality and the expertise on discipleship shown by Jesus. Um, I would also say Elijah and Elisha is a great example of uh, on-the-job training. Um, in Matthew 10, Jesus sends out the 12 uh, disciples who would later become the 12 apostles to, and he imparts power to them, gives, uh, gives authority and power to them to cast out demons, heal the sick, raise the dead, and preach the good news of the kingdom. You can imagine if you'd only been watching Jesus do these mirac uh, miraculous tasks that you would be maybe hesitant to go out and try doing it yourself. Especially depending on God the entire way, uh, as is depicted in Matthew 10. They they weren't supposed to uh, uh, bring an extra cloak, a traveler's bag. They weren't allowed to bring a staff. They weren't allowed to bring extra food. And so they basically had to depend on God. They, and they had to do what they were supposed to do and depend on God for their needs. So they go out there needy, and Jesus gave them specific instructions. When you're being a good teacher, you're only teaching and imparting from what you know and what you do, especially from what you do. It's really good from how if you can if you can explain well and teach well what you do, right? So Jesus Jesus was already doing this stuff is what that means for the for him to have the ability to impart that and teach that to the disciples before they go out. Um, you see the supernatural and you see the education in play real time. Jesus was already doing these things. So he had the ability to give it out. What I, what I, what we need to make sure fellas is encouraging people to not only take resp more responsibility for their families, to not only engage your school systems, but to but to go to the Lord. Ask Him, Lord, do I have a I have do I have a teaching ability? Like, am I a teacher? Did you give me that ability? Um, do I care about these things? Um, should I run to be on the school board? Is this a passion? to see a better learning environment for every child, not just an indoctrination child, uh, child program. <laughs> um, so, so I just, I, it's on my heart to encourage people to, to ascend the mountain of education because God has gifted and, and talented and fueled people for this. It's a, the only thing, 
what it is now is is you just have to look in the mirror, kind of like we were talking about. You, but better pray, ask the Lord about yourself, what you should do. Um, should you homeschool? Uh, should you send your kids to a different school? Um, Heath, what what do you think about that? Kind of that thought of ascending, ascending the mountain and maybe populating the mountain where where individuals weren't before you know actually as you were you were talking you know and and kind of prophetically addressing the fact that we've got some listeners kind of wondering some things you know another thing that came to mind actually was uh matthew 7 7 you know it is if you're if you're doubting whether who am i to question god or ask questions of god or you know i'm just supposed to bring in my troubles and my worries and whatever here's the thing god is a loving and caring father and he wants the absolute best for you and his plans and his ways are so much better than ours um and i could go into a whole spiel about you know what's going on in my life and and the things that god's saying and doing but i just want to give you scriptural foundation that says uh, Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open for you. For everyone, this is verse 8, for everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be open. So the Bible, these are Jesus' words, clearly saying that it is all right for us to come to the Father and say, hey, what is your plan? What do you think about this? You know, do I have this thing? What is your you know, what is your thing for my life? You know, it's okay for us to ask these questions, just like, you know, when you were a kid, you asking your parents, you know, about things, we can do that with God as, as, as our loving father, we can come to him and say, Hey, what is this plan and purpose? What should I take this direction? Should I do this thing? It is perfectly all right to seek his counsel in everything. The other thing that came to mind as you were talking in, and thank you, Holy Spirit for this is the reminder that, you know, you were talking about Jesus sent out the 12 and basically instructed them that you're going to do the things I did and then some. OK, um, it, but the thing that you need to remember, guys, that you're watching and listening, that miracle signs and wonders are for this time right now. They weren't just back then. They weren't for a certain season. Those things we should be expecting to see we should be participating in if we're called the holy spirit says hey i need you to pray for this person or heal this person you know you be involved in this in some way if the holy spirit's telling you to be involved you need to be involved because there's going to be some kind of thing happening so these miracle signs and wonders healings you know limbs being grown back you know deaf people hearing blind people seeing these things are real okay right. and right. they and are he, they are for this time from... I'm just going to interrupt you, Heath. Go ahead. Go I'm going ahead. to tell. I'm going to tell everyone listening to you. I'm telling you that Heath is coming from a place of experience. Where we just mentioned that good teachers come from. They do it. Come from. They are able to teach it. So they do it in their life. Okay. Heath operates in these things here, y'all. Okay. Um. He wouldn't be saying it if he didn't believe it, and he came from a great place of God educating him through his experiences. He's had years of not doing it. Then he's had a shorter season of doing it right. and he's choosing to continue to do it. Right. He's choosing to continue in, 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 in having the faith and then watching stuff happen <laughs> because he part, he dared, he dared obey the Bible. He dared partner with the Lord. So he, I just had to tell no, no. everyone you're coming from a place of experience, right? Hey, guys, this is a teacher here. 
Right. And, you know, that's one thing that as we plan out each show, you know, we we believe that the, the best part of each show is the testimony we bring and the experience we bring. And so sometimes, yeah, we're coming from from a biblical teaching perspective where we're quoting scripture and we're we're kind of analyzing that with you in a discipleship manner. But oftentimes in the show, things that are coming out are things that we've actually firsthand experienced or seen. And so I can tell you firsthand and the Holy Spirit's just kind of lighting up on me right now that miracles signs and wonders guys are things that like again had you asked me eight months ago you know a year ago two years ago um you know because to be fair i i think you know my my liver healing was was about a year ago a little over a year ago so if you'd asked me a year and a half ago you know have i seen a healing in my life have i seen some kind of huge miracle um you know i would struggle to see something. And I can tell you this last year specifically, I have seen people be healed. I have seen, you know, lame limbs repaired. I've seen, you know, a damaged liver healed. I've seen heart issues disappear. I've seen diabetes disappear. You know, we've seen um, spiritual giftings. We've seen, you know, people who were struggling to believe uh, have an immense encounter with God where they're just kind of soaking in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden they're stepping up going, wow, my faith was changed and adjusted because of this experience and and to just be able to stand firm on that scripture that jesus said you're going to do these things i've done and more and that this is for now you know we've talked on the show before about uh, mario murillo and the and the tent crusades that he does across the country and we talked about in our first episode um and again apologies for the poor quality but we've talked about in the first episode that um you know we saw firsthand and thousands of people under that tent saw firsthand each night for four nights in a row, not only people turning their lives to Christ, but people's lives being changed through healing. We saw cancer being healed and, and blood issues and heart issues. And, you know, our friend Donna Wilcox, um, you know, not with all the back issues, not being able to walk and move right magically, not magically, <laughs> Holy Spirit healed Magic. right there in the tent and this woman singing and dancing and giving you know praise to god you know our our friend steve that we're going to get on the show here sometime soon um all the medical issues going on in his life and through another holy spirit encounter was healed of all kinds of things and so um it, it and, and apologies uh to the lord for using the word magic because it's not a magic thing this is a god thing this is a biblical thing um so i stand corrected in that word but yes uh, i have seen it go ahead ethan a dad wasn't it that donna couldn't play with her her grandkids because of her pain yeah, she was in so much pain and had this misalignment in her back and a bunch of other things going on. And to actually um, see her dancing in the aisle at the tent and then to see uh, posts on her Facebook now of her being able to actually get down on the floor and play with her grandkids and get back up and to run around with them and to do all these things that she couldn't do before this encounter with the Lord under the tent. I mean, guys, this is real. These things aren't made up. Mario's not meeting these guys beforehand and setting this kind of stuff up. Yeah. This is God speaking and moving through Mario Murillo to heal people of real life things. Um, and, and, and again, we saw that happening night after night. And 
And again, he's done these revivals across the United States this last year. And, and I was reading his year end summary the other day. And just, it's incredible to see how God has moved and worked through these tent meetings to where not only are souls being saved and, and coming to Christ, but the healings that are taking place um, of all kinds of things. Um, and the testimony from it is huge. And so, so yeah, Michael's right. We're, we're coming from a place of experience on the show. Um, and I'm definitely saying these things from experience, having done some of these things, being used to participate in some of these things. The Holy Spirit said, hey, I need you to do this. And me having the faith to go step up and basically just with a quick, hey, Lord Jesus, you know what I need. Touch me now statement um, with this person that I'm partnering with and touching them. And all of a sudden, bam, the Holy Spirit takes over, kicks in and delivers some kind of healing or some kind of word or some kind of experience with them. Uh, actually the first time you do it, it's incredible. And your faith goes from like here to like here, like it's huge. Um, but yeah, so speaking from experience, speaking from truth, from, you know, uh, God's, God's hand to, to mine, this, this is something that is, I've seen happen and it's real and it is for now. So if you're not in a church that's talking about spiritual gifts, you're not in a church that's talking about speaking in tongues. You're not in a church that's talking about miraculous healings, miracle signs and wonders. Folks, it's time to find a new church. Well, well, because it's biblical and it's Christ-like. Right. That's why. That's well, why. And, and, here's, and, and it's pre-Acts uh, 2 that means to us pentecostals is it's pre uh speaking in tongues it was imparted in the within the ministry of jesus it's pre-acts to now jesus did say when the holy spirit comes you'll remember everything that uh was taught and said uh because these guys weren't getting it a lot of the time so he assured them of these things okay <clears throat> so there is a there's a woman with a right shoulder uh, God is healing a woman's right shoulder, right by the scapula, like underneath the scapula area, uh, towards her uh, upper back. So there's a there's an issue there. Uh, it's painful, and God is healing that in Jesus' name. Um, Thank you, Jesus. And yeah, that that that'll happen in the future when when this person sees this. Um, they will be touched and the pain will go away. It'll go away. Jesus is healing you. Now, if you want to share that testimony, by the way, you can write me at the show. Um, you can either check out the, the contact form and, and submit that, or you can write uh, host.heath at rmr.live because we would love to hear your testimony and maybe even get you on the show to talk about it. Um, because again, the things that God is doing in us and through us, we need to be talking about with other people. Because again, as we've said a hundred times on this show, there is power in testimony. So please share that with us um, if that is you that God is touching and healing. We believe that 100% that that healing is going to happen. And I've definitely got the Holy Spirit tingle. So I know that what Michael said is true. I can confirm it in the spirit. So um, and we men, there, there are, there are men uh, that have uh, neck pain right by the shoulders. Um, uh, I hear, I hear whiplash. Mm -hmm. Like you've been, you were in a wreck a while ago. Um, and God is, aligning and removing that pain um 
you might even while twisting over to uh, grab something on the ground and have a pop and it'll be a good pop and it, it will feel a lot better. Um, and if you have the faith to guys, this is not a live, live uh, recording. It's not a live time, but when you hear this, um, do if you have the faith, sometimes it doesn't matter, but if you would like to move your neck and talk to the Lord while you do that, talk to Jesus while you do that, you will also notice the pain going away uh, and you being healed at your own decision to pursue uh, this word, if this word is for you or claim it if it's for you. Right. If you have neck pain and I just called it out randomly, I mean, you weren't expecting on this show maybe to hear about neck pain. This is for you. Right. All right. Ethan, what you got? First, I, I'm actually kind of shocked because I was going to say the exact same thing that Michael just said. About necks and guys? Yeah, which was okay. that the neck pain and that stuff, which is really weird. But that's not that's not weird. That's just Holy Spirit <laughs> confirmation. So <laughs> praise God moment. So right, but good, but yeah, okay. yeah. This was a really. I I feel that this is going to be a really powerful episode. And this is going to reach a lot of people. So, okay, uh, Michael, what closing thoughts do you have before we we pray out the show? Um, I don't want to kick God out of any area of my life. I don't want uh, God to not bless anyone. I want Him to bless everyone. I want Him. Uh, I want Him to be in every factor of American life and that doesn't look like religion guys what that would look like is good people in good places doing good works that would revolutionize and help and encourage many um like we said earlier uh the teaching gift comes from god a lot of my teachers that were really good teachers were not christians but they could really teach and they were really good at it. Not right. only were really good at it, they had like this kindness thing. They have this connection factor and they kind of like, like the, you know, they kind of would connect with the person who could learn from them. Right. And that's a gift from God. Agreed. Um, we know theologically, we know, and also from experience, we know. So there's that experience <laughs> paperback item there. Once again, we know that, Satan kills, steals, and destroys. That's his job. Even the good things in life that you may or may not believe in God in for, he wants to just eliminate that. And if you feel like life is normal and you don't necessarily feel all these attacks going on, then life is just normal. There's there's just kind of like this constant thing going on in life where, hey, things are kind of good right now. Um, I, I'm a good person. You know, my, I don't know about the Satan attacking me thing. Well, <clears throat> he's not worried about you. Satan's not worried about you. Um, he's got you where he wants you, actually. So he'll leave you alone. That's why life is pretty good right now. 
one thing that Christians, when, when Christians come into the kingdom for the first time, the war just gets started. Uh, uh, there might have been some warfare for them becoming a Christian. There probably was. But it, it ramps up probably a little bit more. And we, and we learn how to um, expect it. I don't know who needs to hear that. But if things are numb and dull and normal and comfortable, that doesn't always necessarily mean that you're in a healthy place. Right. Um, and so I just want to put that out there that our experience of the enemy against uh, our souls who would have nothing good for us and wants to literally kill us um, and remove us off the face of the earth. He wants to remove all good things. If you don't think this world can get any worse, it can. And if he had his way with it all the time, it would be way worse. Right. All right, Heath. Well, to piggyback on what you were saying there, I just, I really feel it's important that that we just firmly establish that if you are a believer, if you've chosen a Jesus, your Lord and Savior, you're doing your part every day to press in, to get closer, to get to know him, to invite him into your life, all the things that the closer you get to God, the closer you get to God's purpose for your life, the more the attacks are going to come. And I don't say that to discourage you. I say that as a good thing. You know, the Bible tells us that when we're we're to come to consider pure joy when we face trials of many times, many kinds so that um, we're basically going to be a complete work through this. Um, Not only are we going to be able to help others because of the testimony through that experience, but again, God's doing a work in us to to help us to get to that next level. And because we're growing, Satan's going to come. He's going to attack you in any way possible. Um, and, And so consider it consider it a joyful thing and give God praise when you're being attacked, because that means guys, that means you are a threat to Satan. You're a threat and you want to be a threat as a believer. You want the Satan and his minions to know your name and to know that when you speak, you are speaking from the heart and mind of Jesus through the Holy spirit um, in you. And you have the power and authority through Christ Jesus to speak bad situations to good good situations and so many other things. And so, again, if you're facing a struggle or a trial, great. Remember to give God praise and thanks for the trial, but know that means you're going to level up, that you're going to come out of that experience with even more things in your arsenal to combat the devil with. And so that's a good thing, guys. So I want to encourage you um, in this moment. Um, and again, I, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in. Um, Michael, why and don't he, you go ahead? He threw a quick left eye issues, maybe even stigmatism. But if you're having issues in your left eye, be healed in Jesus name. And um, what happened was just something just interesting happened with my left eye and then it stopped. So <laughs> I'm going to call that out. Left eye issues, be healed in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Okay, what was the question? So, no, I was just going to go ahead and, and uh, have you go ahead and pray us out, um, and, and uh, we can go ahead and wrap up here and and go on. But yeah, I feel I feel the need to pray. So let's just uh, pray us out. Well, yeah, you? exactly. Lord, thank you that one of your titles uh, given to us in the Bible is Rabbi, teacher. 
And then you were also called the good teacher. And then people would interrupt your sermons and have you try and, you know, be their, you know, their judge. And you would then accurately teach them after that. Like, the, like you just are the best teacher. And we thank you for the example in the scriptures and um, through testimonies of loved ones and other Christians around the world, of how you taught us this or that and or how this one sermon that the church teacher taught was so inspired it, it changed your life and you never they, they never were the same again and and also lord thank you for bringing i feel the lord wants to reassure some people that they they are being brought into maturity by him personally uh, maybe you don't have many avenues to grow in maturity, but you've been concerned about your personal maturity. You want to be more mature and however that looks to you really. But if you're watching this right now and that's you, God is in charge, personally in charge and maturing you of your maturity. Um, I would encourage you to not worry. Do not worry about being awkward. Go to the Lord and and just. Um, and this is a personal place for me too. Like the Lord drew me in maturity and out of awkwardness in some areas. And um, He loves He loves gently, lovingly teaching us into better and newer places. So Lord, we just thank you for this um, education mountain. You are calling more people into, um, whether it's mom or dad, really watching their child's back, whether it's uh, teachers or more of the political realm, the, uh, the board members uh, feeling called by you to impact their communities and their generation and the generations that would be underneath them. Lord, put a fire on these people's hearts right now to be, that it would be clear, even at the sound of this voice and our voices, what they should do. Or to reassure them they're doing the right thing. Lord, reassure us if we are doing the right thing and we're on the right place and, and we might be doubting what's going on. We might be might be doubting the sounds and, and the life experiences that are happening around us. Or, or maybe they help us doubt but God reassure the people who are doing the right thing that you, they're obeying you and thank you Lord for just uh, also that the Holy Spirit one of his names is counselor also that was the name for Jesus too prophesied hundreds of years <laughs> before he was around um, that he's a counselor so Lord thank you for bringing good counselors, trustworthy advisors, good counselors, good teachers into our life and and listen counselors and teachers talk to and do what the Lord tells you to do obediently. It's going to go very well for you. He needs he needs us. He needs us in these days. Don't ignore that. Reminds me of scripture. If you hear the voice of the Lord this day. Listen to him, do what he says. Don't harden your hearts. 
like the Israelites did in the wilderness. Okay? And that's paraphrasing, but if you hear the voice of the Lord and during this broadcast, go for it. Go for it. it it'll, it'll be a good thing for, for other people and for you. Thank you, Lord, so much. So much. In Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, I'm going to I'm gonna piggyback on this prayer really quickly and just say that, that, Heavenly Father, I just thank you for every viewer, every listener right now. And I just pray for everyone under the sound of my voice for a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit right now on every listener and every viewer. I just kept hearing that as Mike was praying that, that we're just asking for a fresh outpouring, a fresh outpouring, Lord. And so pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out onto every listener and every viewer under the sound of my voice. We just thank you. And we know that 2023 is going to be a year of miracle signs and wonders. It's going to be a year of growth and change and transformation and, and all kinds of things. I just I keep hearing these things in my head that there's just so much that the Lord wants to do for you. So just I pray for this fresh outpouring onto them, Father. And we just praise you and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Um, I just I thank everybody for listening and tuning in. Um, you know, we, we notice every week that we're growing. Um, we've added some new listeners to the podcast, a couple new countries, and we're so thankful for that. So for all of our podcast listeners, we just thank you. Um, as we close out the show today, again, thanks to Dusty Music for um, the Fresh Wind song that's playing right now. It's one of my favorites, so I've been using it at the show closing for a while. Um, I might get inclined to change that in the near future, but I might not. I really like it. Um, Remember, closing housekeeping, check out rmrr.live for all the latest information and updates about the show. Like and subscribe if you're watching us on YouTube or Rumble because, again, that helps us down the road to monetize. Almost messed that up. And uh, to do some bigger, better things with the show. Uh, make sure to follow us on the, all the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Truth, you know, all the things. You can get those off the show's link tree link as well. Uh, podcast listeners, again, we thank each and every one of you. Uh, follow us on Facebook and the show's site for the latest updates and information. If you feel led, uh, you know, you like the show, um, you love the show's content, feel led to donate and contribute to the ministry, we would appreciate that. Um, there are links to do so on the main page of the website, rmr.live. Um, all of your donations are going to go to either stuff here at the show, and a vast portion of them, of course, are going to go to support Redemption Squad Ministries because we are still supporting them and their efforts as well with this new building and some of the things they're trying to do that we 100% firmly believe that God is guiding and directing them, and so we want to support that as well. Remember, um, guys, we said it before, I'll say it again. Get yourself into a good Bible-believing, Bible-teaching, Holy Spirit-led church. Plug into groups and discipleship opportunities and serve in any way you can. And with that, guys, this wraps up the first episode of 2023. Thanks for tuning in. Be blessed. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Rocky Mountain Revival Radio.